Crewpros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crewpros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crewpros. Crewpros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm at 901-794-3691. I almost just completely messed it up. Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, we have some friends tonight, but we got to bring in our main guy. What's up, Nate? You're laughing at my intro already. And I got I got you on loop, man. Look at this. We're just completely screwing everything up tonight. Yours over here like a little Zach Zaworski safe arm. <laughs> presented the Granino Grizz podcast. What's up, everybody? Big body Roddy. Woo! Craft profit. No big mm. deal. Wow. Me and Kleiman are just perfectly aligned on some things. So not sure perfectly lined on everything, but that's not that's a topic for another night. But go Grizz, baby. Proud of the boys for the win tonight. Grizzlies take down the Mavericks, but we always try to befriend a friend, right? And we always try to bring in somebody new. So we got some new music. Oh, just wait. This is beautiful. Just wait for it. There he is. He's from Dallas, Texas. He's doing Mavs lead. Hey, that's that's so Texas. It was beautiful. What's up, Brendan? Did you like Man, your music? I'm, I'm glad to be on here. It's uh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I don't know what 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 Nate's talking about. But you I do not it. have to lie on this show. I never do. <laughs> Listen, I I was uh, I was on YouTube today looking for copyright free music yeah, and the first thing I, I, was- I just put in was just texas and it that's the first thing that popped up and it was it was beautiful man it was uh it was great so i uh, had to make sure i um got some uh, good music to intro you so um let's go ahead and get into the game a little bit and so kind of get your first thoughts on that uh the grizzlies win 104 to 88 uh first initial thoughts on the game Yeah, um, I liked the first half uh, of this game. Um, I thought the Mavs came out. Uh, we had no Kyrie, no Luka, no Christian Wood. Uh, so essentially, we were down bad playing the young guys. But um, the young guys stepped up. Josh Green had a great had a great game. Uh, Jaden Hardy had a great game. He looked very impressive um, in his rookie season. I like what we have in him. Um, they looked good in the in the first half. 
the second half was just, I mean, it, it was a tale of two halves and, you know, the Mavs are, um, the Mavs are very bad in the third quarter and uh, they did a great job of showing that today. Um, and I, and I think if you're going to take, I, I think if you're going to take a difference in this game, the third quarter was definitely the, the big, uh, the big magnifying uh, thing for, I think both teams. Yeah, the Grizzlies are, you know, one of the best, if not the best, third quarter team in all the NBA. And even with John Morant out, like the Grizzlies have continued to be a dominant third quarter team. Um, it was a 15-point spread, 36 to 21 uh, in the third quarter. And that's really where it comes down to. Uh, the fourth quarter was unwatchable, 19 to 17. Like just in general, I know the game got kind of out of out of it a little bit. And the game kind of got a 20 point lead at some point. The Grizzlies did. It just, it was just unwatchable. Uh, Nate, first thoughts on the game. I mean, Brendan's absolutely right. The The third quarter was a big difference, but it was <clears throat> the Grizz did not have, in my opinion, any kind of sense of urgency in the first half either. Right. Yeah. It sort of looked like they were screwing around some and they just, you know, I was texting you throughout the game. I thought Tyus was, pretty checked out for quite a bit of the game. And Jaron was, um, I don't know. We probably shouldn't even talk about that tonight. But um, the team in general, I thought, came in, locked in in the third quarter. The Mavs missed some shots that they would make in all the first half. And then in the fourth quarter, they'd make some again. But the Grizz did a good job of capitalizing on the Mavs' misses and built a cushion that they hadn't been building for quite a while now. They've not been building that kind of cushion. The Warriors game notwithstanding because the Warriors a 20 point lead is like an eight point lead when you're playing the Warriors it just disappears like that but um listen the both teams are missing guys um but the Mavs are not I don't think your Mavs are built to handle missing your guys as much Brendan oh do we just lose them we just lost him, but keep going. Yeah, we're. Okay. I'll bring him up to date on what's going on. But yeah, I just the, the Mavs are not built to withstand those losses as well. You know, those. I think that the trade deadline was not kind to the Mavs. I think it's just been a rough season since they weren't able to re-sign Jalen Brunson, and yeah. um, they just don't have the roster. Right there, we go. He's back, Brendan. What I was saying is, I just don't think the Mavs have the roster to withstand losing guys the way that the Grizz can withstand losing losing their guys. Right. Um, your top two guys are right. No, way you're, you're absolutely right. It's more important when it comes to regular yeah, you're, season you're games. When it gets to right. playoffs think, and stuff, it's a little different. Yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right. They don't when they have guys missing like Luca and Kyrie, and they don't have, they don't have depth, especially at the, um, at the power forward center position and this is what this is what drives me crazy because our nut job of a coach says we do have debt and uh i mean we he said this a couple couple of, or actually i think it was last game if not a couple of games ago he was um he was asked about christian wood only playing 15 minutes and he was like well that's that's the depth so uh um that's that's the depth. You got Dwight Powell, Christian Wood, and uh, and Javale McGee, who doesn't get any playing time. Uh, and so that's our quote unquote depth. So like, 
what kind of, it, it just show that just shows like the the monstrosity of of a brain that Jason Kidd has, and you know it <laughs> it drives me crazy as a fan. Yeah, no, I, I completely. We were talking a little bit before this, um, and I kind of said, you know, I did I did the whole Bill Walton keep it for the show <laughs> to Brendan uh, for the show, uh, and so bear with us for a second. I think Brendan's on like a two second delay. Uh, and so for whatever reason, it's the internet, it's the computer people. Uh, they don't give us the uh, proper uh, delay we asked for when we signed up. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into a little bit more about, um, I want to get in more to about to the, the Mavs part of things. Okay. So we're going to talk another 10 or 15 minutes max about uh, with Brendan here uh, at Mavs lead about the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. And there's two things I want to ask for. And Nate, if you have a question, feel free. Uh, but my two things will be playoffs because I think that's so important for the Mavericks and their fan base. Like what direction do you think that they're going to go? Like what's happening? Like they keep continue to keep falling. Uh, and then about the, the Luca and Kyrie, let's say they do make the playoffs. Let's say they do make the play in for whatever reason they are in a, you know, one of the top 10 spots. Okay. At that point, it doesn't matter except for, you know, you got to make those, you know, important games. You got to win those. But I want to know what your feelings are when they're on the court because they haven't looked great together. But let's go ahead and get into the playoffs thing first. And, Brendan, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, go straight to you here. Are they making the playoffs? Like, what's happening over there in Dallas? Like, they're right now, they're currently in the nine. I'm sorry, in the eight. And they have 13 games remaining at a record of 34 and 35. So what's your thoughts on them? Uh, being in that eight spot. There we go. Um, no play playoffs. I think um, I, what's what's really frustrating. I hope we make playoffs, man, because it's this Western Conference is tight, and we can't be in the position we're in to. Uh, we can't be in the position that we're in right now. Down our two stars. Uh, and essentially three best players and uh you know in a tight western conference like this so i i hope we make the playoffs um but actually part of me like hopes we don't make the playoffs and tank for uh tank for a good traffic just because this this is where it's frustrating because we're so we're so mid like we're so mid and you can't be that way with a star like Luca, either do one or the other. It's like compete for a championship or compete for a really good draft pick and right. get a really good player in a really good class. You, what drives me crazy is the Mavericks are right in between, and you just can't do that with a star like Luca and and oh, essentially a one year rental with Kyrie. Yeah, I, n- go ahead, Nate. I kind of I want to ask a question about that too because it is defensively you guys are a mess that that just sort of is what it is right but that's not that's not really new right Dorian Finney-Smith was sort of the guy who could play defense for you guys and that's so that's not new I am interested in what your thoughts are around why the team is mid because it's not like you have terrible pieces right I mean you have Tim Hardaway who is a bucket right I mean he he can get really cold but he also can get torching hot right and go get you a bunch of buckets and he's athletic enough to hold up on defense you know you got josh green now who is sort of 
emerging. I've watched him a little bit this year and been really impressed with what I've seen. He's been a lot more assertive. The game's definitely slowed down for him, not just in the past two games, right? He hit a little bit of a slump before these past two games, but overall this season's been a good season for him. And then you've got guys like Jaden Hardy, who obviously can score with the best of them, right? Mm. I'm not going to sit here and say he's some defensive stalwart, but he can score. Christian Wood, who obviously can score and has his defensive moments as well every once in a while. Why do you think this team can't put the pieces together? Is it just because Jason Kidd is incompetent, or is it something about Luka and it just not being the right pieces? I mean, in your opinion, what is it? Because for me, from an outsider's view, it's it's confusing why, like you said, you're so mid. Right? I, I just don't understand it. Right. I think um, I think when you look at the take take the coaching away for a second. If you look at the roster, um, it goes in a in a completely different direction. Um, with with Dorian Finney Smith, we were more of a um, of a defensive of a defensive team. Um, yeah, he was our he was our best defender. Um, he hasn't he hadn't done that well or as good as he did last year um up until the up until the trade so um uh that that was a big um that was a big turn in getting uh more offense in Kyrie um you're right Josh Green has emerged and I'm I couldn't be happier because uh all Maverick fans wanted this to happen and despite an up and down season, a pretty disappointing season for us, Josh Green has had a great season. So um, it really shows his potential. Um, and because fact of the matter is he was at some points unplayable last year. And um, it's, it's cool to see the, um, the growth that he's made year to year. And I'm going to kind of give him the, the quote unquote Luca treatment. He's 22 or he's 23, mm. like he's young. And so he has that, um, that potential in him still. Um, I think we're missing a, a center, like a, a defensive big. And um, this is why I've been a, a guy like Mitchell Robinson. I've been a fan of his for years and I've been saying, get him on the map any way you can. Um, that's the guy. That's the kind of guy we need. A young, uh, defensive potential. Um, he's so underrated defensively, and I really want him in the Mavericks uniform. Don't get Javale McGee on my roster. That, <laughs> like that's the complete opposite of what. Hey, listen. I'll say that I was the biggest Javale McGee fan in the off season. I said this is the guy that we're gonna put him at the five, and he's gonna be our defensive anchor. I was wrong. I've already taken full responsibility for that, and I'm we and I'm reaping in my. I've accepted my sin, and I've gone and I'm <laughs> done with it. So, but no, like, and and even then, like, Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is not is not it. He he. Uh, you want to know why Kevon Looney looked like Shaquille O'Neal in the in the Western Conference Finals last year? Two words: Dwight Powell. And, like, <laughs> So I mean, there's no there's no depth. So I mean, we need a we need a wing, and a uh, we need a wing and a defensive center in uh, in the rotation. And then I think we can we can do something. But 
that's without coaching. Jason Kidd, I was I was a big Jason Kidd uh, fan last year. I liked I liked his uh, his approach. I liked his defensive approach last year, um, and it brought us to the Western Conference Finals. This year, he's just became incompetent in in the in a year in a year span and one of the things or one of the things that he said in a press conference a couple of games ago he was like well we're we're trying to um or actually not a couple of games ago it was right before we got Kyrie um we're not trying to be a defensive team uh the object of the game is to score the ball and you know the most the most points wins uh after games, he says the most simplest things that are just stupid. And, <laughs> and I just, I looked at that quote and I said, okay, if you're going to change approaches, that's fair. Change coaches. <laughs> if you're going to, because Jason Kidd is not an offensive guru. He's barely a defensive guru. So if you're going to change approaches like this, if you're going to change your mindset, then change coaches. Like this, this system, honestly, I would have liked to see with Rick Carlisle because he was an offensive, offensive guy, but with Jason Kidd, it's like, dude, you should see the Mavericks fan fan base. They've won game one by one. They have wanted Jason Kidd's head on a swivel and his, his butt in a in a desert in Arizona. And I mean, I kind of agree with them. Like this is getting ridiculous. Uh, listen, listen. I, you know, we have heard the uh, demise of our coach as well throughout uh, Twitter, right? And so you hear a lot of fans call for the coach's head. But honestly, I, I, I get it because the outsider looking in, it's just kind of frustrating too. But it's also a little bit of the pieces that y'all have on the team. It just seems to me not good fits. And then you're going out and grabbing a piece like Kyrie, which Kyrie is awesome when he's on the court. But also, that hurts you defensively. You kind of had to put a good piece together. You got to have the border going, right? When you're when you're building the puzzle like I do with my kids, we do the outside border. Like, what does your border look like? Are you do you have it all done? Like, no. Like like literally you're you're getting Luca and he is your everything for this team. And so you go out and bring another superstar in like Kyrie, but your other stuff just doesn't seem to fit. So you got a bunch of guys that can really score the ball, but you have to figure out, do we completely just change pace? Do we, is it a different scheme we have to run? Because at this point it should be all offense all the time. And if it's not, then you're never going to win. You're going to have to score 140 points to win a game. And that's why I'm curious what happens. Um, my other thing I want to get to is the Kyrie and Lucas stuff. Do you like that fit for the you know for the Mavs in general? Because let's say you know, with all things considered, the Mavericks get to the playoffs. Who cares? What seven, eight, nine? I, I don't care. Whatever they end up getting to where they can play a series, right? And so they win a play-in game, or they're actually in. So we're we have them in the playoffs. Do you feel comfortable in a series with Luke, a uh, uh, Luca-led as well as Kyrie-led Dallas Mavericks team? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because I I really like the um the score or the scoring breakdown by um by quarter uh luca is the is the uh leader in first uh first quarter scoring um i have to look at second quarter um because luca doesn't luca doesn't play uh half of the second quarter uh luca is all uh, uh the leader in third quarter scoring and then um 
his teammate Kyrie Irving is in uh, is the league leader for fourth quarter scoring. So I like I like the discrepancy in that area, but I also like this pairing because um, ever since we lost Jalen Brunson, Luca has needed a secondary ball, at least a secondary ball handler. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we got Spencer Dinwiddie was for a third ball, hand, ball handler. Well, there's a big difference between uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrie Irving in terms of like established ball handler can command the offense when Luca's not on the floor. And, you know, at, at the rate that the Mavericks were going with Spencer Dinwiddie and Luca, and then they were trying out uh, third third ball handlers with uh, with the corpse of Kemba Walker with Frank Nielakina and you know they were J- Jaden Hardy for some like they were they were trying their they were trying their hardest to uh, get a third ball handler and then they got Kyrie and it just it took so much weight off of Luca's shoulders they were I was afraid they were gonna freaking run him to the ground uh, Luca with um when they had Spencer Dinwiddie. So um, I was afraid they were going to run him to the ground, but um, they got Kyrie. They got an established secondary ball handler. Um, and they got a, com- they got a, a guy who can command the offense, who can run the offense and who can get a bucket when he needs to. Right. Well, what do you say on the, when you bring up a record of, you know, Kyrie when he's playing alongside Lucas three and six, uh, when Luke has been out of the game and Kyrie's played, they're two and zero. Like, does that worry you at all that they just might not have enough time to mesh before the playoffs? Yes and no. I was I was gonna say it's two. I mean, it's a small sample size, but right. um, you know, it's that's that's why I really hope this isn't a one year deal or one year rental, and I want Kyrie Irving on on the Mavs. Um, as much as possible because I think he's a perfect guy next to Luca. Um, I think I think he's a perfect. He's a he's a point guard that can be a shoot that can be a shooting guard. Uh, like he like he can shoot. Uh, guy like you talk about <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. He drives us crazy as Maverick fans because <laughs> he he can be a bucket like he can he can torch a team. Uh, granted, but. For like a game like today, he can get five points and go over like over twenty. Um, mm. So you just never know what you're gonna get get out of him, and it drives us crazy. But um, guy like Kyrie, he he's a certified bucket. Like he can hit mid range shots. He can hit from outside. You know, he can drive to the rim and get. And he's not afraid of contact. So um, you know, it's it's a small sample size, but. Um, that's why I, I want to see Kyrie and Luca on the same floor or as much as possible uh, heading into the postseason. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's, you know, what, 13 games left, five at home and eight on the road. That's going to be a tough turnaround for the Dallas Mavericks and what they have, uh, the kind of the, the road ahead. Uh, the 13 games remaining, if you lose two games, you obviously could, you know, right now they're at eight, they could fall all the way down to 12. That's so tough. But the, the vice versa, if they win a couple of games and kind of solidify them themselves and people enough people lose, they can push up into the playoffs and actually not be in the play. And so there's so much uh, volatility there where they could move front, forward and backwards. And so 
it's a long season, and I'm curious um, with 13 games remaining, what really shakes out because this team had so much promise, and now it's it's looking like it's you know kind of you know in the balance. Like who who knows what's going to happen, but uh, but but I'm excited to kind of see. We have uh, something different that we have at uh, in, in Grizzlies uh, land over here. We uh, we have other issues ourselves. So uh, the fact that y'all's are mainly on the court is good and not off the court. So we all have our issues. But uh, Nate, do you have anything else for Brendan? Nothing really. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens at end of game scenarios when you have two guys who are both who you would go to at the end of the game and they're going to have to be sharing the court together. Um, that's been the most interesting thing to me is to watch a lot of these tight games with both Kyrie and Luca. Like who do you want taking that last shot? Right. You know, I'm partial towards Luca, but then I think about it and I'm like, maybe I should be partial towards Kyrie who's hit that shot in a finals game, right. To win an NBA championship. It's that that's a hard decision and there's no wrong answer. And sometimes having no wrong answer is the worst case scenario when you're trying to figure stuff out in short time frames, but um, I'm interested to see because y'all will be a fun team to watch if both those guys on, right? There's no doubt about that. It's just, can you be a winning team but both those guys on? Because they're not always the same, but hopefully you guys get healthy and we get to see what the best version of that is. Yeah, we're about to hit on some Grizzly stuff, but before that, we wanted to get Brendan, um, you know, talk with him. And it was, honestly, it's been a blast uh, getting to one, meet you face-to-face. We've uh, obviously interacted many a times on Twitter. Mainly you just uh, kind of, looking at us losing all the time to Dallas. And so this is different. Uh, last two games, the Grizzlies have actually won. Uh, but we're going to hit on some Grizzly stuff. I want to give you uh, your last chance, last thoughts on the the Dallas Mavericks or anything else you got. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'm, I'm as curious as any to see the uh, last 13 games for us. Um, it's encouraging. I think uh, we play the Grizzlies again, and, and then I think that's the highest seed we have uh, remaining on our schedule. Um, and that could help us, and, but we've proven that it doesn't matter because we're uh, we've had the easiest uh, schedule according to record post All Star break, and I think we're two and nine now. So it's Yikes. all it's all uh, it's all fun and games over here. <laughs> but well, uh, Brendan, man, it's been a blast. Uh, Brendan is with Mavs Lee. If you get a chance, go follow him over there. If you're a Mavericks fan, uh, thank you obviously for joining us and listening to Brendan share his thoughts on the, uh, on the Mavericks, but go follow him. If you're already not at Mavs lead, uh, always good stuff. You're always uh, much more interactive than I am over at Grizz lead. Uh, you do a much better job than me. That's why this is a young man's game and not for me and my old bad word. So, uh, that's all we have, Brendan. Uh, thank you again for coming and hanging out, man. It's, it's been so much fun. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me guys. Yep. Thank you, man. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into a little bit of uh, Grizzly stock. Before we get there, we're going to talk about Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, you can give them a call at 901-794-3691. Uh, if you have any insurance need, whether it is home, auto, uh, if you have any homeowners, I guess that is home, what an idiot, uh, motorcycle, ATV, anything you have that you have insured, uh, you can get a free quote online. Just go over to Zach, Z-A-C-H, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. And that is Zach Jaworski State Farm, 901-794-3691. All right, let's get back to the uh, the Grizzlies talk. If uh, you know, Thank you for, for Brendan for hanging out with us and uh, kind of sharing his thoughts. I, I thought it was very insightful. Uh, I wish we could have had the pre-podcast conversations. 
Uh, obviously, they were more probably explicit than normal, uh, <laughs> but it was all about Jason Kidd, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I said, "All right, we can't we can't offer those words, uh, but we want to set you up and ask some questions." And so he didn't want to be too down on Jason Kidd because. He didn't want to be the Debbie Downer, but uh, I think he offered a very good insight on what his team looks like. So um, enough about the Mavericks. The Grizzlies tonight, they were the winner at 104 to 88. Um, obviously, you're you're over the moon on David Roddy. How was tonight? You already know. <laughs> Dude, I'm so happy they won both those games because let me tell you, I don't think I've had – the emotional swing that I had in the home Mavs game <laughs> in a long time. That was about the most disappointed and pissed off I could be with the team all the way to the happiest I could possibly be watching the Grizzlies play basketball all within just one quarter. Really? I mean, the David Roddy experience is just otherworldly. I don't know outside of the Ja Morant's out-of-body 52-point game. We've had mm. anything like this as Grizzlies fans since the Zebo Spurs quarter. Yeah. I, it's Seeing him thrive in all seriousness is a ton of fun, dude. It's a guy who you can tell works really hard. And, you know, I think part of the reason we love Pete and Brev is that they bring a joy to that broadcast that is – uncanny right you listen mm. to a lot of these other broadcasts and you can hear them going with the ups and downs of the game right brev and pd keep it right here yeah you know you got the peaks the valleys they stay on the train tracks all the way through yeah and you see the same thing in david roddy It's one of my favorite things here in brev talk about david roddy is you he's like man he has that smile on his face and he is just full of joy to be here thankful to be here and he's not going to let a single second go to waste right yeah and you get to see the fruits of that, you know, and we yeah. talked in the summer, we talked in the beginning of the season, we talked about our differences on what we saw with Roddy. And I was like, he's got that it factor, man. He just has that dog in him. If he starts knocking down threes, I'm not even going to throw shade at you for saying he didn't have the it factor. I was, I was going to leave that alone. I was going to go with what I saw, which was he is an absolute bulldog. He's going to get after it every second he's on the court. And if he starts knocking down perimeter shots, he is your PJ Tucker plus, right? Yeah. And we're see, getting to see that from these past two games. And, you know, I saw where somebody on Mavs Twitter, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but sent out something about, oh, like these, this David Roddy stuff, so fake, do it against a real team. And I'm like, listen, you're missing Luca, and, but he's doing it against the guys he's going to be matched up with against normally, right? Yeah. That's, He's doing it on an NBA floor against NBA players. You know, it's not like he's the one that's tr battling Jaden Hardy or whoever. I, Isaiah McKenzie, right? I don't know who. I don't remember the guy's name. I think that's it. I don't know. He's going up against the Maxi Cleavers of the world, who's an NBA rotation player. Reggie Bullock, Tim Hart. Like, he's battling with these guys who are real NBA rotation players. And um, listen, the Mavs had the Grizzlies up against the wall in that game back in Memphis and David Roddy is the reason they won that game. If David Roddy doesn't come out with that spark, they're not winning that basketball game. And it's like, I just felt like, I mean, this is going to sound really weird. I felt like a proud Papa just watching <laughs> him go out there and ball out, man. I was just so happy. I, I was texting people right. who don't even watch the Grizzlies. I was like, man, come on. But, um, 
as far as what it looks like for this team going forward, you need that. You need that mm-hmm. guy who can do it all. It's like Dylan, but he's hitting his threes right now. Which Dylan hit his threes tonight too. Double whammy. I say hit his threes. He's whoa, still shot like whoa, whoa. under thirty percent or something yeah. like that. Let's three, but. let's let's be uh, let's slow down a little bit. Four of eleven. Um, it looked really bad at times, and it looked really good at times. But four of eleven from three pointer. Let let's slow the train down a little bit. Yeah. Um, speaking of slowing the train down, my wife's back here. You know, trying to get the dog out. Go to the restroom. Hey, before um, you look, do you have ESPN on right now? I don't, dude. The Clay stuff experience is in full effect right now. It's pretty yeah. wild. You should turn it on. Yeah, All right. I have to do that. Um, but yeah, so I want to get to the the Roddy stuff. Okay, this is going to be a lot about David Roddy for the simple fact that I have some thoughts on it. And uh, one, I, I think he's taking what I have said. Huge John Conchar fan, right? I, I am. I think he does a lot of the little things right. I also think he should be your 10, 11, 12 on your team. And that means that you're having a good year. People are healthy. He's the guy. He's the insurance policy. He's like your Zach Jaworski insurance. You know, if you need him, he's there. Not a big deal. Uh, But I I think that David Roddy has such a high ceiling that he's going to take the leap over John Conchar. He's probably already taken it. But he's showing right now that he is in full effect taking the leap. I saw people on on Twitter talking about how John Conchar is still ahead of David Roddy, um, I guess, in the pecking order, in the rotations. And that's not true. That is not true, especially these last two games. He's played more minutes than, than John Conchar. But for the other simple fact is, just because you come in the game as a bench player in the NBA, we'll say the NBA, not, not any other any other level, because mainly it is the first person off the bench is your best player. But I will say, uh, no, no, Chris, no, Chris. We're not talking about that. Um, uh, I'll bring it up. Okay. Do you see it? A couple of times on the podcast saying he didn't see it. Do you see it? All right. So yeah, maybe. Hey, listen, Miss Miss Roddy follows us uh, on Grizzly. So maybe she saw it. So shout out, Miss. I think it's Miss Darcy, I believe. Uh, weird that I might know that. But um, just because somebody plays ahead of somebody in the NBA does not, make, does not mean when they come in the game that they're the best player on the court. Okay, it could be it could be position. It could be such as the Grizzlies. You go in with John Conchar first normally because he's playing with more of the starters because the starters all need the ball, right? Uh, and so if you have somebody like John Conchar, he doesn't need the ball. He doesn't need you to pass him the ball. He's going to stay in the corner and just try to play defense and hit a shot, maybe grab a rebound or two, and that's it. David Roddy is much more than that, pretty much the same player, right? Doesn't exactly need the ball, but he gives you more off of the bench when you actually need that creator. He is the main creator on the second unit alongside Desmond Bain. When Jaws here and the normal rotations flip, it's going to be Bain and it's going to be Roddy. And Roddy's going to play a lot of those minutes when Jaw is not on the court. So he's not going to get the Jaw effect, but he's going to have the chance to be a creator. You know what really stood out to me tonight was obviously he's hitting these outside shots. That's awesome. And he's ready for the moment, which I think is the biggest thing, right? What's he going to do in the bright lights? There's not much more you can do other than lead a fourth quarter comeback when your team looks like they're down, like left for dead. What was big to me tonight was there was a fast break opportunity and it wasn't like a one Roddy versus the entire Mavs team, 
but he just saw an opening. It was, you know, the Mavs were back. They were ready for their half-court set, but he saw a guy in the paint, and he said, this is our best opportunity to score. Mm. And he just went one-on-one. I don't know if it was at Kleba or if it was at um, Does it matter? Josh Green. Yeah, it really doesn't. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm thinking about because I want to say it was an actual big, right? It wasn't like he was going at Jaden Hardy right, or right, something right. like that. It was a, a big guy. in the paint, and he just went right at him and went and got the bucket. That's big to have a guy be that confident to say, I've got a lane, I'm taking it. And you feel good watching him do it. I feel good about when he takes those drives in the paint that he's going to make either get a bucket or make the right decision. You know, He's only had one what I would call a Dylan shot that I've seen on those opportunities so far. And that's big because you just want a guy making good decisions. And he's making them, and he's doing it with confidence. Love it. He's he's making decisions now that he did not make earlier in the season. And that's no no detriment to him. And that's the whole reason I've, I've said on this podcast many times that I love John Conchar, but he is going to get passed over by a guy like David Roddy, as he should, because the upside is there. If it's, If the game can slow down to David Roddy, then that is really what needs to happen. And I really do think that David Roddy is going to uh, be the main guy. And honestly, and I, I don't want to say this and sound like a complete idiot, I really think that some people have talked about certain people being the, the replacement for uh, for uh, a guy like, uh, what's his name? Dylan Brooks, sorry. <laughs> I lost his name. Um I think the I think the replacement for somebody like Dylan Brooks is a guy like David Roddy. I'm not saying that he might not be the the guy who's going to be starting, but I think in the end, I think that's who you can really replace him with is a guy like David Roddy who likes to play defense, but also is a little bit of creator and doesn't exactly need the ball, doesn't force shots. I think he can kind of play within the offense, and I think that's kind of what you need uh, somebody alongside Ja, a, a little bit more beef. Uh, what's your thoughts on Luke Kennard? Because uh, as Chris just said. Um, he brought, he brought the thing as, uh, why do you think, uh, John Conchar is getting 25 minutes versus Luke getting 17? And I have a very strong thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours first as I let my dog in. I mean, I think, I think that the reason it's happening tonight specifically is because you just sort of were going with the flow of things and Conchar was in there and everything was flowing without needing Kennard shooting. And tonight was a night where Kennard didn't really give you anything, right? Um, he did some good stuff off the dribble, but it wasn't anything amazing. So tonight, I'm like, listen, Conchar was – those minutes were going well when Conchar was on the floor with the units he was in there with. I do think we need to see Taylor start drawing stuff up for Luke because you got to the end of the game and he has zero rhythm, right? He's got zero rhythm. He's not going to knock down any shots for you. And – Ideally, that's a guy that can just step in cold and make shots. The truth is we need to use the guys we've got and create shots for him and for Bane mm. that are perimeter shots. You're going to need those. So these games, as far as that stuff goes, I kind of I kind of write them off a lot of things because this games were obviously the Grizzlies just weren't super locked in and weren't looking to do anything spectacular. Um, you're not going to see playoff sets drawn up for these kinds of games. At the same time, there's certain things that I think they need to get practice in with. And Luke, creating shots for Luke and Bain um, on the perimeter, outside of just a regular half-court offense or whatever, needs to be one of those. And we need some Jaron stuff in there as well. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, so what I'll say about uh, Luke Kennard, 
Um, one, I'll, you know, I'll rep him. Uh, he's a Dukey. I'm a big, I'm a Duke, big Duke fan, but, um, I will say that I've seen Luke over his career, whether it was in college, you know, into the NBA, I try to follow the guys enough to the point where, you know, I enjoy watching them, uh, succeed, uh, all the way back to, you know, Batty, AJ, Jay Williams, um, JJ Reddick, a lot of the big, big dogs. Um, I always try to watch them. And so what I've seen with him is, he does exactly need the ball, right? But also, he doesn't involve himself within the game enough. And that's his biggest issue. If you watch him on defense, he gets lost a lot. And that could be because he's still um, trying to find the rotations and the rhythm uh, on the defensive end. But but I just watch a lot of times on, on box outs and stuff like that. He's losing his man, which is allowing guys a free run to the ball and a free run to the rim. Okay, that's simple things that you don't need a scheme for. You don't need any kind of new team. There's no excuses for that. He just loses his guy. He is a traffic cone on defense unless he is man-to-man, head-on, and the guy is just an okay athlete. If they're above average, you know they're going, they're going to go around him. But on offense, he is very much the guy that's in rhythm, but he's also the guy that if you lose him, Within the if you're the defense, if you lose him, he will absolutely bury the three pointer. So he keeps a defender closer to him. Okay. But if he doesn't, Luke is going to bury that three pointer. So there's a double edged sword, right? He's not going to do much of anything else. He's not going to pass the ball. He's not going to uh, really create his own shot. I just like he's not, he's only going to be a really good player when he gets streaky and he gets hot, a lot of times the reason he does that is because somebody else is hot. Another play like Ja, who is, who's filling it, getting into the, the, into the paint, able to kick out to a wide open shot. Or if it's Desmond Bain and everybody's having to pay more attention to him, you have Luke over there. So he can be your Robin, but he won't be your Robin every night. He'll be your Robin once out of every 10 days. Everything gets easier when Ja Moran is playing. 100%. And he's and the reason he's the he's a good piece for Ja, not for the Luke, what's currently constructed. Luke makes a lot more sense for this team when Ja Morant's on the court because exactly what you're talking about, they can't come off of him, right? And that's what you come down to is okay if they come off, Ja's got free lane to the paint. If he's got free lane to the paint, so, night night, yeah, that's it. And if they come off of him, it's now you got a guy who's shooting fifty percent from the corner, right? That that's what makes a big difference, but um. Listen, also give Conchar, he knocked down some shots the last game against the Mavs, too, that were important shots, right? He Or maybe it was the Warriors game. He knocked down some big ones. But um, Conchar's played well lately. It's, everybody's played well except for Jaron. Wow. <laughs> are we going to yeah. talk about that? Cause, go, go ahead. Yeah. I just think he's – I think he's in his head. Yeah. And I think he's kind of – I don't know. I, probably frustrated, to say the least. Um, and a lot of it, in all honesty, these guys are much smaller than he is. And so he's able to maybe move them around a little bit more and he's trying to body them up a little bit more and he's kind of get handsy with the ball. And a lot of it is he's doing the whole reach around and, and, and pinning his guy, which is, listen, that, it's just a, it's a small thing that gets fixed uh, pretty quickly, right? Because what that is, well, is you when you dribble, you just keep your hand, you keep your hands forward, right? There's, you can't reach anymore, right? There's no more reaching. Daniel, the thing is, all this stuff you can say gets fixed pretty quick, and he's still doing it. No, no, and- no. I'm not saying it will be. I'm not saying it will be quick. 
I'm saying it can be. It can be. Of course, it can just be. Just something easy. But, but it's just who knows. That can't keep happening. And these are these are games. And I was talking about it with somebody tonight on Twitter. These reps, you can tell the Grizzlies were just going to try and turn it on in the second half, pull away, win like they did. Jaron is not good enough to waste opportunities to work on that because they need that. They need that paint presence to be there. They need him to be able to dominate in there. He can't keep getting rushed in high-pressure moments, and he can't keep getting lost in high-pressure moments. Yeah, I've been as big a Jaron defender when he does awesome and at the stuff he does awesome as anybody else. Dude, he's got to be better. He can't. These games can't happen with John Moran out. And with Steven Adams out, you can't be a non-factor. And he was a non-factor. And it can't happen. And I don't really care. It's not a one game off or, oh, he just didn't have the shot tonight. It's he mentally could not figure out what to do. And that can't keep happening. We can get mad when they don't feed him in the paint. All we want. I was mad at the beginning of the game. Truth is, he got his chances down there and he blew it. He showed that he didn't have the capacity to handle that. And we all know that he does. We've seen him do it. He's got to be able to do it consistently. He's got to be someone you can count on. And so I'm not saying that he, he that's not going to be something he can do in the long run. He could do that this season. He could be a huge factor in the playoffs for us down there. That's got to be. It, he can't. The problem is he can't not be. Right. It can't, it can't be an option where, oh, is he going to be? He's got to be someone they can count on. And so far, it's still hit or miss. He's the biggest X factor on this team. Like when he is going, this team is going. Like that is just a simple truth. And the fact that Jaron, he's still 23 years old, right? He's still one of the younger players on the team, especially one of the main contributing players. And so it, it there's going to be lapses like this with any young person in life. Like I, I promise you, I've managed a lot of them. And there's just a bunch of ding dong moments, we'll say. And that is really what happens is you just you kind of just get lost in the moment or you just you just forget about things. And I, I think just him understanding little little movements that he can change, whether it's when you make two moves, you go. And that's something that's very simple, right? You move, you you bang once and then you bang twice, and then I need to go because if not. What starts happening is you start fighting with your hands and you start trying to move them. What he's doing, he's trying to, you know, he's banging them down back and forth. And eventually what they're going to do is they're going to do like a Draymond and they're just going to draw a charge on you and you're and they're going to flop and you're going to get an offensive foul. Two moves or less, right? You make one quick move and you go. Or you make, you know, a move doesn't there, another move, and then you go. Like, that's simple things. He's going to figure it out. He'll be fine. But sometimes you have to make stupid things like this happen before you actually can to realize what you have to change. And so he'll be better because of it. I'm not too worried about it. But all in all, the Grizzlies have played well um, without Ja. Real quick, we're going to hit on one more thing, uh, and I, it's going to be on the Ja Morant stuff. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, okay? And I have uh, mine. I'm not sure exactly where you stand on it. And there's no really stance. It's not about that. But just curious about the Ja stuff, okay? Is there... Can we speculate if he's coming back sooner rather than later with these new reports that are coming out? Because uh, tonight, Woj just came out and said that uh, Ja has been checked into a, a counseling center. Whether that is drugs, whether that's alcohol, 
whether that's social media, whether that's partying, I don't, I, is it mental? Like not like, you know, something like too terrible where he's in a padded room. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. Like in general, like he's not like down that path. I'm just saying who knows what type of a facility this is. And so I just think that there, there will be a moment for him to reflect. And I think it's happening. Um, I don't know when he checked into this place. I don't know if he's held there for a certain amount of time, but I believe that he's been there for a, for a hot minute. Right. I, I think he was there. And I honestly think that there's a reason that the Grizzlies said the four games. I think there is a very definitive reason why they would say that because you could easily say out indefinitely. Right. Why would you say four games? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, and we, I don't know if I, it's not like a sources say thing, but we have reason to believe he had been around his house and, Correct. a while right Correct. um you and i do but <laughs> they well i'm just i'm just saying it's not like oh we have a source within the team that's not what it is um we just i think need to just let it be again this is a dude who is going through a lot more right and you know you see the people popping jokes off on twitter you yeah. see people it's sad and it's well it's sad some people are just trolls but some people genuinely don't understand right and you and i have talked about this before i've been through some mental health stuff in my past um it's it's not something you can super you can't explain it right it's not something that's necessarily reasonable and you know we talked a little bit about this um on one of the shows i believe i may have been with ryan and them i don't i don't remember but when you are all of a sudden making all this kind of money and you've got, you're as loyal of a person as John Moran is, which is part of what we as Memphians love about him is how loyal he is. Right. You, there's a lot of pressure when all of a sudden you can financially do stuff for a lot of them. Hmm. And you're constantly thinking about, Hey, I got to do this for them. I got to do that for them. And even though the pressure doesn't show up on the court, the pressure doesn't have to be basketball. Yeah. The pressure can be my family, my friends, my people and it could be a lot of different things but who cares who cares what it is the fact is he needs help and he's getting it and yeah i I bet he's been there for a lot longer than just today i don't think this is something that just now happened but um it, it doesn't matter when he comes back right it doesn't matter the chances are he's going to be back sooner than later if he never puts on a Grizzlies jersey again, that's a dude who needs help and his livelihood's at stake. And I hate sure. that. Listen, John Morant is not my buddy. John Morant is not my boy. He is my favorite team's best player. That is what he is to me. But you still have to take a step back and remember he is a human being yeah. and his life is bigger than basketball. And so truth is, I don't really want to speculate on it. Yeah, he's going to take as much time as he needs and get better. And that's not only what's best for the team, it's what's best for him. And that's what matters most. All right. Well, I'm going to go down the speculation route because you didn't. I'll be the bad guy. Uh, okay. No, I, I, I think that I, I think that very much everything you said, I agree with 100%. Uh, but I just think that um, he does need the the help and the indefinite time, obviously, could be the easy thing that that's said. But I think there's, I, I, I really do. I could be completely wrong on here, right? I'm just, I have a thought of what might be. And the reason that I see the the tea leaves and reading the tea leaves for the Grizzlies front office, they do stuff for a reason. And most of the time it is a copycat answer 
which they give. But for whatever reason, they gave four games for, I don't know why they could have said whatever they, they could have said five. They could have said 10. I don't know why they gave four games. They could have more than likely if he's checked into a facility and they have an unknown feeling about him right now, jobs away from the team. Uh, and definitely we're not sure we'll give you an update as soon as we know, but it was a two game of suspension. And then they came back with a four game. Well, the fifth game is on the road in San Antonio, right? And the sixth game is a Saturday back in Memphis. So there's no reason why they would do four and not five, right? If you just want to do on the road games. So my thinking is, is that they kind of knew his where his mind was at. They probably have spoken with him and they had a good feeling after maybe communicating with him, maybe communicating with the league and said, hey, let's give you a couple weeks off. Uh, you know, we like where your head's at now. Let's let's re-talk about it here um, next week sometime. And that'll be four games. We'll go ahead and go with that. That way it makes the most sense. That's that's my outside looking in, reading the tea leaves, okay? That's not speculating about his mental stuff. If he needs the rest of his life and never put on another Grizz, Grizzlies jersey, that's fine with me. I'm on the same page as you. I just want to speculate on the front office and what they're saying because – a lot of times Grizzlies fans want to know, I want to know kind of what's, you know, what are they actually saying? Because you're trying to read between the lines with this front office because they never actually come out and are, are forthright. So uh, that is frustrating for a lot. I actually enjoy it because I like trying to pick it apart and uh, speculate and, you know, conspiracy theory. Me and Ryan are very much conspiracy. Oh, I already people. saw that. <laughs> Told Ryan, stay away from this one. Yeah, but um, I, I think it's um, – I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen with him. But all in all, if he gets the help he needs, that's the most important thing. I could care less when he comes back. I hope it's the season. I hope it's in time for the playoffs. But if it's not, I will be really upset. But I will understand, right? There's You can feel both ways. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think there are reasons why they said what they said. And so I think I've kind of stood with it. I kind of put that that date out there on the 18th, the, Grizz, the Grizzlies versus Warriors at home. I've said that. Who knows? He could be back with the team on San Antonio uh, because, right, because uh, they don't care about guns. They all have guns. So they'll be big fans of John Moran. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, too, too soon? Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Uh, going to take you to diversity training or something. <laughs> all right. Nate, what else you got uh, right now? I don't know. A uh, little update about the podcast. I don't know if we're doing one Wednesday. I'm actually going down to visit family. So I totally, uh, this was last minute that we decided kids are on spring break, wife's on spring break. Uh, and so we're going to go visit family uh, for a little bit. And so I'm not sure who's doing the podcast Wednesday, if anybody is. So kind of stay tuned. We might have somebody doing it. We might not, uh, depending on how everything goes. But either way. Uh, Nate, do you have anything you want to hit on before we get out of here? Nothing, man. It's good to see this team get back to winning these games late and playing like themselves in the second half. Um, you know, this that last game was very much so in doubt, not the one tonight, but the one before. Um, but they found a way to come back, outplay their opponent, win, and then tonight was a game they never let get into doubt late. And so it's good to see them do that. They need to know how to do that. It was too jaw-centric all season. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to learn how to win without jogging, I think, is something that will behoove them and benefit them come playoff time. So uh, prayers up for Ja, continue prayers up for Ja and for Steve-O as he continues to try and get back from his injury. But it's fun, man. It's good to be having fun watching the Grizzlies play basketball again. And it's all thanks to Dylan Brooks. 
<laughs> Can't forget about BC. Uh, I know he has to be going through it yeah, as well. I did he, forget about he's, BC. He's very much um, on the ascent up the uh, up the mountain right now, uh, mm-hmm. and so I know it's going to be tough. Uh, this is just the start because usually it's the surgery, right? And you get the swelling to go down, you get the pain to kind of kind of subside, and then once all that happens, dude, it's on, and it is you. It's guns a blazing, and you're trying to work back to get your your foot and everything to get to help you get there. Uh, the Achilles is something different, but once he's able to get back to doing you know physical therapy, that's going to be much helpful for him. But until then, I what you not being able to do anything and recovering is the hardest part. Once you start are able to actually do some physical therapy, um, recovering from an injury that can help you mentally because the first part of it is is pretty tough because you're just sitting there with nothing to do. You can't, you can't work out, you can't do things. Uh, And so that that's gotta be very tough, but uh, the Grizzlies do play the heat. The heat just won 119 to 115 at home against the jazz. Uh, The Grizzlies take on the heat Wednesday. 630. What are your thoughts on that game? You think the Grizzlies come out, play the heat well? I do. Uh, I think Jaron has a bounce back game. You know, as frustrated as I've been with this play lately, I think he comes out, plays really well and helps him get a win. And I think um I think you'll have probably a big Bane game. I think it's a big Bane and Jaron game. I don't think you have as much of a the Roddies and the Aldamas of the world showing out in that one. Hmm. Uh, the Heat shot well tonight, 41, I'm sorry, uh, 14 to 34, 41% from three tonight. They normally don't shoot that well. Jimmy uh, Buckets tryout Wednesday night. Jimmy Buckets, 24 and eight, 24, eight and four. And honestly, you know, just looking over their numbers, they had, what is that? Seven starters, almost eight, seven starters, sorry, sorry, seven players scored double digits. And one of those guys on the bench had nine, and that's Kyle Lowry. He's coming off the bench right now. I'm guessing he's working his way back from an injury. Uh, I haven't followed them closely enough to know. Uh, but yeah, that that's 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 pretty tough. And so we'll see. But they have a uh, a good team, right? And it's going to be tough to beat them. Uh, but in the end, I think the Grizzlies are very much a team that can beat them. And so as long as they don't shoot great from three point line, I, I think that the Grizzlies do have a chance because they are more of an interior team. And if Jaron can handle Bam Adebayo, which I do believe he will, I think this Grizzlies team can win as well. But you're going on the road at Miami. Thankfully, after all this has happened, right, I think it's not going to be as much partying going on, okay? I think it's going to be more of a business trip. Miami can be tough, though, I will say. They're probably heading straight to Miami tonight. That way they can get there a full day in Miami because I know I would. Uh, just be careful <laughs> yeah, in South Beach, okay? Just be careful. Yeah, I'm uh, not lying. But but that's all we have. Um, if you have a chance, subscribe, rate, review, uh, subscribe to YouTube. We're trying to build that, and it's up to I think seventy uh, subscribers now, which has went from zero to seventy, I guess, in a few months. And so it's been very good. Uh, we want to get that to at least a hundred and blow it out from there uh, throughout the playoffs. But uh, if you are not a follower of uh, the Grizz on One podcast, go over to Grizz Not a One. Uh, on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, whether you are a loyal person on YouTube or not, it helps us. I promise you. Uh, just just push the subscribe button. Help a friend be a friend. Right. Just just click on the screen. Have it going on mute. Like subscribe. I don't listen to these things, but I play every <laughs> one of them. It's okay. It didn't take much. 
but yeah, we appreciate it. It's been great. It's been a uh, it's been a fun time. Our uh, podcast is doing much better uh, than uh, even last year, and last year was incredible. So I always want to say thank you uh, for that because it has been a um, it's been a rocket uh, that we've been on for I uh, probably a year and a half now. It's just kind of, kind of steadily just kind of blowing up, and so it's been good. Now we have uh, the No Bluffing Podcast. Go follow them. Uh, and then free basketball. I will be on free basketball. Um, we are recording both shows Tuesday, tomorrow. So if you have a chance, you're listening to this and you like NCAA, go and pick up the free basketball. It will be on the Grizz on one network. Uh, we're recording it tomorrow uh, afternoon. So I believe they're going to have one up Tuesday night and then one up Wednesday. Uh, they'll both be NCAA centric. We're going to break down the bracket. So if you're a bracket nerd like I am, as many others, um, if you want to hear a little bit about teams more in depth, feel free, pick it up, uh, listen. Uh, we won't try to make them too long, but we're going to ha- have a lot of fun with them, especially I know me and Ryan are on one. And then I think Ryan's friend, Brandon, who uh, breaks down the bracket with him every year, uh, is going to be on the other. But it's going to be a lot of good time, uh, so make sure you tune into that. But, uh, but that's all we have. Um, the Grizzlies are playing well, and I think that they're, trying to, they're starting to find their rhythm. And without Ja, I think that they're trying to find – who they kind of are because uh, they are a very, very good team. Um, and they're actually really doing a, a good job. So, uh, Franklin, welcome. Yes, this is the end. We're wrapping it Wel- up, buddy. Welcome. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, but, if, but if you go ahead and push that rewind button, you'll catch the whole thing. So, uh, But that's all we have. It's I, been a great time. I, the Grizzlies I, are doing well. I, I think that means you automatically have to at least like – and subscribe if not already so if you come in at the end you have to like and subscribe yeah it's the, it's the only way right to watch all the way back okay i just wanted oh. to make sure I, thought, I was like franklin i think is but anybody else who just tuned in i don't know who you are we're watching you <laughs> we can see you these I things go you. too late for us we're too dumb for this that's it be nice and tell your friends <laughs>